0: Welcome in, brand new Friday, Scramble, July 29th, 2022. I'm Rick Gabe. with that right there, Andy Lack. And Andy, you're on the road, but that's not going to stop us from scrambling this morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Yeah, we're coming at you from an undisclosed location deep in the wilderness. We've got the lake right here to yep. my right. Um, I could not uh, I could not use it as the, the backdrop because the lighting and you can see my face. But yeah, we're feeling good, man. How are you this morning?
0: Yeah, not. Hey, I don't have the lake to my right, although it did <laughs> monsoon in Las Vegas last night. So like there might be a lake somewhere that was flooding all over the place. So close it up. Uh, but yeah, no complaints here. We are uh, we're rocking and rolling. This is this is the fun, very fun portion of the schedule. Um, I, I'm excited for like the sprint that we have coming up here absolutely um i enjoyed
1: the this these last couple of weeks and obviously we have a uh, a little twist and turn to it this year with all of the live stuff too has that gotten started in bedminster i feel like the pro am had more noise than the actual competition or lack I don't
0: own. know right. if it got started now they remind me the first three events they went uh Didn't they go Friday, Saturday? No, they went Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They switched it for this one. Now it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: Yeah, and since it's a shotgun start, I think they have the ability to create. I mean, like the whole point of Lev is it's not golf all day, right? So like they, the golf will probably be, my guess would be like a five-hour window between 1 and 6 p.m. Probably. They want
0: like the prime time. They want like the prime time window. Right, prime-ish. Right, right yeah precisely, uh,
1: precisely
0: makes sense okay so i don't i don't think they've started yet uh they have started in detroit and uh cam young as of just moments ago put a bow on a nine under 63 that for the moment andy has him atop the leaderboard, I believe this is where we have to say something about the chalk monkeys or the community win, or like, you know, of course he's going to go out and win this golf tournament at 18 to one. And everybody saw it coming. So, you know, what, one of those phrases I think gets inserted here,
1: right? We're on a historic run of, Hey, sometimes it's not that hard, right guys. And I think with Cam Young, he was, checking a lot of the boxes. I, from a DraftKings perspective, Rick, I'm a little frustrated in myself and I'll be the first to admit it when I got it, when I get things wrong. I thought that Cameron Young was going to have closer to what Cantley's ownership ended up being. And Cantley was going to be closer to Cameron Young and like Cameron Young was the token guy. And I talked about this in, in the Wednesday article too, where there's always a player where ownership kind of turns into a bet with him, right? Or, where it's okay. like
0: I'm so glad Cameron. you're going to talk about this. For sure.
1: Okay, okay. so there's a, like this week it was to Cameron Young or not to Cameron Young. And right. Cameron Young chalk became a thing this week. And that player it happened with Gother up the prior week where people were projecting Gother up at 28 30% and he came in at 15. Cameron Young, people are saying 35% with Cameron Young and he came in Basically, the same ownership as Cam Davis, um, and sneakily, everyone decided to play Cantley at forty percent too. So I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't play Cameron Young, but yeah, I mean, he is—he's uh, something to behold this
0: morning. There is a there's either a moment of the week or a player of the week where ownership projections become very self-aware, and when everyone or more people are using ownership projections than ever they're becoming more aware and things like this happen. So I always see that where it's like, oh, you know, Cam Young's not 30%, he's 22%. It's like, well, I, I'm not sure necessarily what the defense is around that other than trying to be like, it's like the meta meta game. Like, yeah, here's how people feel about him. And because people feel this way about him, it's actually going to be this way. Like there's like multiple layers levels to it.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. And, and with Cam Young, I think... Myself included, I'm completely guilty of this is you basically talk yourself out of it based on looking at the players that are around him in his range and kind of asking yourself the question, is he X amount of times more likely to perform than this player? You know, we're going to a putting contest, right? Essentially. So Bryson was seven to one last year, checks all of the boxes. I think he was probably in the 30% range and he misses the cut as the highest price player. So is it completely conceivable at a course like the rocket mortgage that doesn't always do the best job of accentuating elite T to green play. And some of the stuff that Cameron young is best at um, 100%, right? This is a course that pretty much every single player in the field can conceivably win at if they have a great putting week at the same time, if Cameron Young shows up, he's going to win the tournament. If Patrick Cantley shows up, he's going to win the tournament. People talk about, oh, we're worried about Zalatoris in a putting contest. If Zalatoris brings his A game, he'll win the tournament too. So it's kind of trying to find that balance between, hey, maybe the best player's skills are devalued a little bit at a course like this. But at the end of the day, if they show up, they're still going to beat all of these guys.
0: Oliver says the broadcast showed a stat that Cam Young has finished inside the top 10 in 25% of his starts so far in his career. Is he the runaway rookie of the year? I believe the answer to that to be yes, Andy, but I do think it's fun that one of the other guys in the mix, Sahif Tagala, is right behind. One shot back after carding a Friday 67. So he's in at nine under. Um, I still think it's Cam Young's because of all, I mean, he's got like four Top three finishes, and then TBD here. But it's fun that we've got two of like the the big time rookie of the year candidates up at the top of the leaderboard.
1: Right. So let me ask you this question: If Sahith wins, who's yeah. your rookie of the year?
0: <laughs> I think it's still Cam Young. Um, You know, he finished runner up at the Open Championship, which is obviously and a big third
1: team. at Southern. He had a chance to win the PGA on the back nine <laughs> at Southern Hills. And yeah. by the way, Solo second at Riviera. C- correct.
0: So I I I mean, those are just some of the biggest events we have on the schedule. And especially if if Sahith wins and Cam Young finishes second, like, okay, I I, I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? So yes, unfortunately, I, I think it is all but I think it's all but locked up for Cam Young at this point.
1: I agree. I even if Sahith wins this week, to me top three in two majors is more impressive than winning the rocket mortgage. So I would give it to Cameron Young. If Sahith won this week and made a charge at the FedEx cup playoffs and Cam Young kind of stunk in the FedEx cup playoffs, maybe that's more of an argument. But to me, I just think to go on the PGA tour and have a legitimate chance to win two majors as a rookie I don't know. I'm trying to think if there, I can't think off the top of my head if there is another rookie who has had a actual chance on the back nine on Sunday to win two major championships.
0: No, no. And and first of all, these like rookies, there used to be like a three-year learning curve on the PGA. Right. Now, right. now it's like, oh yeah, no, these guys just come out and win or contend immediately, um, which is which is rare. Adam Scott in the mix as well. He was one. Adam Scott uh, and Will Zalatoris were the two guys that I was just like, I, I just want to see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Adam Young playing it or Adam Scott playing an event that he's never played before, a caliber of event he's never played before. Zalatoris, for all the reasons that we talked about who's great, but this might not be one of the best. Like, I just wanted to observe these two. And Adam Scott making plenty of noise through 35 holes. Yeah. Adam Scott
1: was the toughest player for me to, to figure out this week. He was number one in my model, which I think I talked about on the Tuesday show. And I didn't trust it. I, 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 you know, I did not play much of him i have him as like a um contrarian one and done play in one of my leagues i think yeah you talked me field.
0: into you talked me into but, that so so far so good there
1: yep yep so i i've got him in in the in the one and done um but i you know i i I have a difficult time with Scott. His schedule doesn't make a ton of sense to me. My numbers suggested that this was sneakily an incredible course fit for him based on how he's been able to heat up with the putter. um, The amount of birdies that he still makes, he still hits the ball a very long way despite kind of now being in his mid forties. And he's a very good long-term wedge player as well. So from a statistical standpoint, even though this doesn't feel like an Adam Scott course, he actually sneakily does all of the things that you would want to see at detroit golf club i don't know about his i i'm curious about his staying power and we can kind of talk about the odds like obviously adam scott is this prolific winner i think he's you know he's won over two dozen times i think over the course of course of his career worldwide but if it's cam young and sahith and adam scott down the stretch like i don't know if i'm yeah. I don't know if I'm penciling in Adam Scott there. Uh,
0: I don't know either. Adam Scott, two point two percent owned in that one and done that we're referring to that you and I both have him in. Uh, unfortunately, do you know who's twenty percent owned? <laughs> it's Cameron Cam Young. Young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna need we're gonna need Adam Scott to at least beat Cam Young to find us uh, any any upward mobility on that leaderboard. Now, uh, the two guys that have not teed off yet. Tony Finau, Taylor Pendrith, the, the first round leaders. So they're already in at eight under, uh, which means they will be probably two off the lead when they tee off here. Those are the guys that have an opportunity to kind of extend and take this second round lead deeper into double digits under par. Let's start with Tony Finau because he has just simply picked up right where he left off Andy. And I think we're in, I was kind of trying this out on, on the first cut last night to see if it would stick like there used to be a time where guys would not play weeks before major championships. They would win and then maybe have a little bit of a letdown. I feel like guys stay in the moment a little bit better now. And they also kind of want to play themselves into major championships, which feels like kind of a difference from what we've seen maybe a decade ago.
1: Right. And, and I talked about this in the Wednesday article too, when I was, when I was writing up Tony Fina, I said, Oh, it, How inconceivable is it that Tony Finau wins back-to-back starts, just like Scotty Sheffler won back-to-back starts, just like Xander Shoffley won back-to-back starts? So some of these guys that the perception of them, a Scotty before he started winning, a Xander before this year, Finau a little bit too, not that the 3M Open was some giant win by any means. like. What it's basically showing is that if you continue to put yourself in the mix like these guys have, Tony Finau has like 35 top 10s in the last four years. Xander is something similar. Scotty Scheffler was a top 10 machine before he started winning too. Like so much of winning golf tournaments is about variance, right? Like guys that put themselves in position as much as Scotty Scheffler, Xander Schauffele, and Tony Finau does. That's why I hate the, oh, this guy's a loser. Calling somebody a loser because he doesn't close on Sundays is just simply not understanding variance, right? Like Tony Finau, if you actually look at his pressure stats, he raises his baseline. The dude shot 64 on Sunday at Riviera, but Max Homa got up and down from a tree to beat him, right? So right. Tony Finau is the type of player where once he starts catching the right side of variance, a la Scott Piercy completely collapsing, <laughs> the wins are inevitable, right? So, so I am completely bullish on Finau's chances going forward. I mean, I think of that. we talked about Scott, the Gala, and young. if Finau's there down the stretch, he's still probably the guy that I would feel most confident about despite what his kind of long-term moniker as in reputation.
0: Yeah, you're not a loser for constantly being in the mix and not winning. you're a loser for never getting in the mix. right.
1: exactly. <laughs> it's the old, it's the college it's a college football thing, Rick. Where it's like Ohio State gets killed more if they make the national championship and lose fifty to nothing to Alabama than if they had a worse season and beat so and so in the I don't know the peach Fiat, bowl or no uh, I guess the peach bowl is yeah, probably pretty good in, in the, Be- bowl. Belk bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Belk bowl yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> they almost get killed more for getting destroyed by Alabama in the national championship game and and Feeney and Xander kind of have both suffered from that a little bit in their career.
0: Uh, Finally, there's a couple of Canadians on this leaderboard. The one I'm most interested in is Taylor Pendrith. We, I kind of just stuck my head out for him this week. A guy that I thought fit really well for Detroit golf club who hasn't played much because of an injury. He gave me a really good round one, but the way this leaderboard is shaping up Andy, I'm, I'm starting to get worried that he's just kind of out, outclassed here, right? It's Finau, it's Adam Scott, it's Cam Young. I, like I'm, I'm getting worried. I'm glad I got, I'm glad he's in the mix right now, but I'm, I'm worried.
1: Yep. It's a strong leaderboard. And obviously Pendrith doesn't have the, uh, the pedigree than some of these guys do. I am going to pat myself on the back with one thing when it comes to Taylor Penderth. Sure. So one thing that I talked about this week was, um, Bryson did essentially, if you go back and watch, he did the same thing to winged foot that he did at Detroit golf club which is both courses allow you to bomb away off the tee because it's a little bit easier to control spin out of bluegrass rough, especially when you're approaching back-to-front sloping greens. Um, so I made a connection there where Matthew Wolf and Bryson DeChambeau both finished 1-2 at Winged Foot. They also finished 1-2 at the Rocket Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Insert Brian Windhorse mean, who was fourth <laughs> off the tee at Winged Foot? Taylor Pendrith, right? So I <laughs> talked about... Bryson Taylor Pendrith has a relative unknown gained over four and a half strokes off the tee at winged foot. Right. And so I talked about how that similar strategy that Bryson had deployed at winged foot and Detroit golf club, Taylor Pendrith did the exact same thing at winged foot to almost lead the field in strokes gained off the tee. I think this is a course that he's really going to like. And apparently I was on the golf course yesterday, but I got a, I got a message from somebody saying, Taylor Pendrith talked about in his post round interview, how his strategy this week was bombing the ball up as far as he could to the green, because he felt confident that he'd be able to stop his wedges on the green because of the back to front sloping greens. I got to tell you, Rick, no matter what happens with Taylor Pendrith for the rest of the week, if he shoots 76 and misses the cut, that was so satisfying for me. Just hearing him say that where it was like, Oh my gosh, like you're like, like, Something I said, actually,
0: they're thinking the same thing as me. God, it's such a good feeling, isn't it? It's It's the best. It's so good. It's so good. All right. So with what we've all just broken down on the leaderboard, here are the live odds. Well, hold on. Those are Major League Baseball. Let me get to golf here. Our friends over at Caesars. They're not really our friends. I shouldn't say that. They're not paying us for this. Uh, (laughs) they, They could be our friends. All right, here we go. Tony Finau is the favorite. Three and a half to one. Mm. Cam Young, six to one. Taylor Pendrith, eight. We did not discuss Webb Simpson at 12. We did not discuss Cam Champ at 14. And Adam Scott is right there at 14 as well. Um, All all of the things that we just discussed, we did not talk about Cam Champ. I, I think I'm in. I think I'm in over the next the next three rounds, right? We we talked about this a lot this week. He is, I think, better suited for this place than Detroit or than um, TPC Twin Cities. He gave us just the little bit of a breadcrumb last week, which is kind of what he does. And I, I know, like, the range of outcomes over the next 54 holes for Cam Champ are win it by three or finish T-52. And I love that.
1: Right, right. So I think kind of approaching this betting board it really comes down to how you think the afternoon wave is going to play, right? Do you think the guys in the afternoon are going to go crazy low or do you think it's going to be a little tougher? So yesterday we did see a pretty sizable advantage for the morning wave. I think the morning wave were like 1.9 under par and the afternoon was like 0. 0.7. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot, right? 1. That That's a lot. Now, I've, I've looked at the weather today and I don't see as much of a stark contrast today. I mean, it, it's already playing a bit more challenging this morning than it was on uh, yesterday morning. And, and the wind seems a little bit more consistent, at least today. So to be honest, I think, you know, it's still Detroit Golf Club. There's going to be low scores out there. But like a guy like Chris Kirk, for example, who is six under par with let's see, with three holes to play, including a par five. What's he at? 50 to one. So like, what do you think the lead is by the end of the day, right? Because if Chris Kirk finishes at seven, I, you know, I still think probably the lead, if I had to guess, is what, 11? I don't think Cam Young's 10 will hold, 11 or 12.
0: So so let's just think about this. The course right now is playing eight tenths of a stroke under par. Let's assume it plays a little bit more difficult and it plays like a half a shot under par. Let's say Tony Finau is on average a shot better than uh, the rest of the field just over his last, whatever, 24, 36 rounds. It might be two shots. So he is probably going to finish one and a half to two and a half under par, which would push the lead to, yeah, maybe 11, 12, if he if he, if he, if he really outperforms his baseline or really beats the scoring average. But I mean, I think, I think that's probably where we're at.
1: If you want to bet somebody who's going into the clubhouse at like six or seven, that's as low as I would go. I wouldn't feel terrible about that. Like with Chris Kirk, who's at six under right now and has a par five coming up at 50 to one. That to me is the most intriguing Number on the board. I don't have a ton of interest in betting, you know, Sahith. I don't think Adam Scott, Cam Young, Finao. I don't think there's value on those guys right now at all because I still think at the end of the day, there are so many birdies on this course that this leaderboard is going to flip. Oh, I mean, we were talking yesterday afternoon about yeah. Cam Young potentially missing the cut, right? Like that's how much variance there is on this course. You can go out and shoot. 75 if you're Maverick McNeely and you could go out and shoot 62 if you're Cameron Young right so I would still probably lean with some of the guys in with kind of more juicier numbers
0: okay I think that's fair and I love that yeah the guys that are finishing up with a par five still to go that uh, par five 17th playing a third of a stroke under parse the second easiest hole on the golf course. So if if your guys have either 17 left or seven left, uh, you're hoping they get at least one deeper uh, before they eventually finish up and then hope that it gets a little bit more difficult in the afternoon. Yeah, there's a path to them only being a couple shots off the lead by the time the weekend starts. And that's, as we've seen, Andy, um, six-shot leads disappear in 12 holes, uh, five-shot leads disappear in like, like – being five back going into the weekend is literally nothing.
1: Yeah. What do you think? What do you, outside of rooting potential financial interests, what do you think is the best thing for the PGA tour this week going head to head against live? Is it Tony Finau winning back to back? Is it Cam Young breaking through? Is it Sahith breaking through? Is it Adam Scott winning? Like, what do you think is the best case scenario for the PGA Tour?
0: It is not Adam Scott winning, 100%. Not (laughs) Adam Scott winning because he might not even be around much longer. He might be the team captain of uh, the kangaroos or whatever when they go over there. Fee now going back to back is, I think, would be very good for the PGA Tour. He is incredibly likable. He could start shaking the he doesn't win enough argument, all that fun stuff, and he's a great face of the face of the tour. That would be great. Um, I think that's number one. I think Cam Young winning number would be number two. Sahith winning would be like a good grow the game moment. He's like um, there would be a lot bond Lahiri, believe it or not, is like huge in Indian golf. And if a young guy like Sahith comes out and wins and tries to like, you know, put his name in the mix for rookie of the year, I think that'd be really good for the game globally. But I think, um, I think because there's like not even that many golf courses in India's. I I was um I talked to a guy in Honor team at Shriners earlier this year. I'd have to go back and check, but I don't even think there's a lot of golf courses in India. And but I think it's I think it's female one, Cam Young two, Adam Scott, DFL.
1: Yeah, I I don't think I could totally disagree. I mean, I Sahith is electric. Like Sahith, yeah. I think Cameron Young's probably better at golf than Sahith and has a higher ceiling, but I think Sahith is far more likable and more of a star. I mean, watching Sahith get into contention. I mean, he lives and dies with every single stroke. He doesn't always make the best decisions. Um, his having his, I mean, and he is completely raw and authentic, right? Like he, right after Waste Management, I remember he, his family was there both times at Waste Management, at Travelers, and and um, see, so he, he he just he's completely he's completely unapologetically himself, right? And if you listen to him in interviews. Um, he just he's a kid that seems like he's got his head in the right place. And to me, is really electrifying to watch play golf. Cam Young maybe doesn't have as much personality as Sahith, but the way he drives the ball is like, I mean, it's it's something to behold. He's like a stop and watch on the driving range type of guy. So if you have those two potential young stars battling out with a more established star with Finau down the stretch. I think that's all you can ask for, for the Rocket Mortgage, where people were literally saying before this tournament, this is a less compelling event than Trump Bedminster, this field stinks, you have Davis Love in a featured group. If you get Sahith, Cameron Young and Tony Finau in the mix down the stretch, maybe with Taylor Pendrith making a surprise entry and him hitting 350 yard drives, like.
0: I don't think you can ask much more for a tournament like the rocket mortgage. You sold me. I'm excited. I want to see how it plays out. Um, all right, real quick, we'll get to the props, but, uh, I'll tell you that there are 10,000 golf courses in the United States. Do you want to take a guess at how many there are in India?
1: Uh, 450.
0: It's not a bad guess. 196. And half of those are registered courses on military bases, which are only accessible to the military. So there's basically only like 100 non-military golf courses. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. For like a population of, I don't know, a billion. Yeah. Whatever it is. (laughs) Okay. uh, We're going to do props because we are indeed presented by prize picks. The code you want is Rick. There's a instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. We're trying to take all their money, so on and so forth. So we are going to open up the prize picks board right after we hear about Andy's podcast, which I also want to talk about on the other side. Andy lack is not only the co-host of the scramble, but also produces his own show, the inside golf podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS and betting strategies for every PGA tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Andy maybe I should re-record that and mention that you are now part of the Blue Wire podcasting network. Congratulations to you.
1: Yeah, thanks man. I'm super excited about it. Obviously, you know from your experience from Blue Wire they've been an incredible partner and the thing that I love the the reason why it was such an easy decision for me not just because of the good things that you had to say about them, but they really let you have complete and total control over your intellectual property, right? So I've gotten a couple of questions. Does this change anything with your podcast? Does this, you know, the format or anything like that? And it's like, no, everything is staying the same. I have complete control over the people that I bring on the things that I talk about. It's the same schedule. Um, I basically just have, you know, I'm backed by now a little bit more of a a credible network with a lot of other great podcasts that I am—I'm uh, a big fan of as well. So, have you have you collaborated at all with any of the other Blue Wire creators?
0: So, yes, but I'm so I'm here in so like the guys that the other people that record out of the Vegas studio I've met, I've gone on their show. I'll probably like okay you know, there has been some collaborative effort, but they're always, I mean, it's always available. They're like, um, I, I think they're up to like 200 podcasts now, which is kind of crazy because they're growing like a weed every, every single day. But yeah, there's some opportunities out there and they're, and they're trying to get bigger into golf, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. So outside of 300 yards to unknown blue wire also has my second favorite podcast in the world, which is Nick's film school. I'm a diehard <laughs> next fan. So my hope is that the guys over that would be my dream is bringing on the Knicks film school guys to do a oh, yeah. um a collab golf Knicks podcast at some point but yeah i think what re- they have a ton of athlete podcasts obviously yes. like the chris long uh the chris long podcast which i love as well which is huge is, mm-hmm. is probably like their one of their biggest headlines, but they also have a ton of, yeah, they also have a ton of athlete podcasts, which is really cool. So maybe, hopefully that opens the door up for us. There are a ton of basketball players and athletes that love to play golf too.
0: Oh, exactly. Everybody's golf adjacent. Yeah. There, there was an article in Forbes a couple of weeks ago. And I think, um, their big thing is yeah, getting athletes to do it like retired athletes or even current athletes. And also what you mentioned, which is being creator friendly, which is like, Hey, we don't need to take like every other network wants to like own your IP forever and own your feed forever, no matter what happens. And this is just like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We can give you a boost. We can find this mutually beneficial and not like own your soul for the next dozen years.
1: Yeah. I, you bring up such a good point with the, like the athletes in the golf adjacent. I was listening to uh, Justin Thomas on the JJ, JJ Reddick's podcast. And like, the fact that JJ Redick is like reading golf architecture books. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how how cool is that? Right. It's like, I, I think the thing about golf that draws a lot of athletes, both currently playing and in early retirement is that it is such a, obviously there's the competitive standpoint, but there's something about golf that like, it's, it's so kind of hard to crack the code that I think these athletes that are, you know, peak basketball players in the world, the the most, the best athletes in the world, just the perfect specimens of fitness. It's so difficult for them to like yeah. crack the, the code of golf, right? It, sure. it, it features such kind of different wires and different wires in your brain and stuff like that, which I think is
0: always fascinating. Yeah, the guys who have been good at everything in their lives are bad at golf, and it just drives right. them absolutely, absolutely crazy. Uh, all right, here's the board. And uh get going here because some of these start very, very shortly. So uh we've got strokes available. and Andy, we kind of talked about this. The golf course not playing as easy as it was yesterday. So yesterday morning, it was a geez, two shots under par, but for the day it was 1.3 under. Early wave this morning, 0.8 under. So basically a half shot more difficult when you see like Tony Finau at 68 and a half I mean he would have to shoot four under he'd have to gain basically three shots on the field to 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 cash that under um Cam Davis is at 69 Patrick Cantlay at 68 and a half is there anything that stands out to you here in terms of strokes
1: I think probably the numbers might just be a touch too well I mean, not that I have any doubt that Finau can back up a good round, but that feels like 69 for Finau and Cantley feels more right. I think maybe just on a pure number play, it's probably a smarter bet to take the overs in that situation. It's also very hard. I'm going to do this during the off season because I know like I, I know how hard it is to follow up a really, really low round. Mm. And there has to be some statistical merit that I want to dig into about how players perform the following round after like weeding the field and strokes gained. Um, So I would probably feel like the numbers are just a touch too low and I would lean to the overs. What about you?
0: I, I agree, especially for the 68 and a half. if they, if they shoot a 69 this afternoon, that's going to be a really good score. They're going to gain probably two and a half shots on the field. How often does a guy gain two and a half shots on the field? Well, I can actually, I can tell you that in a second. But um, while I, while I pull that up, uh, birdies are better are hovering like four, four and a half, five. There were a couple of birdie or better matchups, Jason Day versus Scott Stallings, Webb Simpson over Nate Lashley. That's probably the one that I like or Ricky Fowler and Stuart sink Fowler. Like what's the deal? What's the deal here?
1: Don't get me started. I'm embarrassed to admit, like I I liked him a lot this week Um, and I'm going to feel guilty if he misses the cut as one of my core four guys because the other guys are playing so well. Um, Yeah, he's been really, really good at this course. And, you know, the model that I run was kind of he was trending for a couple weeks in terms of getting closer to playability for me. And, And I kind of felt like, okay, this is this is the week where it, it makes the most sense to roll him out, and he just he, he he has he just can't ever really get it going. It seems like, and even though there's been signs of life, it just it always feels like it's two steps forward, three steps backwards for Fowler. I don't think I would touch that one uh, between him and Sink. I probably with you. I think the one that you have to take is Web
0: over Lashley, right? Web over Lashley and then maybe the two overs on Cantlay and Finau strokes because, okay, so let's assume if they shoot a 68, which is what you have to get burned with, that's probably going to be three and a half shots better than the field. How often do does Patrick Cantlay gain three strokes to the field? Over his last thirty six, he's done it forty one percent of the time. We might be asking him to gain three and a half. And Tony Finau, even in the midst of this incredible run in his last thirty six, only gains three or more strokes to the field forty four percent of the time. And again, we might be asking him to gain three and a half. So I, I think that's the side you have to be on. And if those guys go out and shoot something really low, fine. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think I wouldn't be on the other side. Right. I would. I would. I would probably agree with that. Can't like what does a
1: Cantlay miscut cut say to you here about him? Anything?
0: No. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, t- I I'm am- surprised he's playing to begin with. There is basically nothing that can move the Cantlay needle for me in any direction, right? He could go, he went like 0 for 20 in majors, didn't really contend. I didn't really care. He could win like the FedEx Cup again. I probably wouldn't care all that much. Like he is just, I'm pretty stout and, and secure in the way I feel about Patrick Cantlay. It's generally quite high and he is such a bizarre kind of results player that I'm not sure anything can move the needle for me.
1: Right. Exactly. He's kind of at this point in his career where it's like, kind of shit or get off the pot, dude. Like right. are you gonna are you gonna be a guy that wins majors or are you gonna be a guy that wins Pebble Beach every year? Right. So I agree with you. Like whether Cantline misses the cut here or wins this tournament by five, like it 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 doesn't I, exactly I, I don't really care until you start winning
0: majors. Uh, but he's got two good major finishes in a row, so maybe he's starting to maybe starting to figure it out. Okay, uh, prize picks. The code you want is Rick. There's a link in the description. Get your picks in right now. Also, I saw they were offering live stuff earlier. I think they still have. Yes, they do. They've got live stuff available, so you can go and get involved in that as well. And all the NFL stuff is getting posted, and it looks like it's going to be quite massive. Okay. Um, We're going to wrap this up, uh, but first, you're going to listen to another ad from Prize Picks so that we can drink our coffee if you're not playing daily fantasy on prize picks then you're not really playing daily fantasy they offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else you pick two to five players on an over under and can win up to ten times on any entry they allow mixed sport entries meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rom. the golf specific props are amazing birdies or better fairways hit greens in regulation round score and now yes single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. Okay, Andy, I got to admit, uh, I don't have much else to talk about. You're at the lake. I got to go down to the win. Unless you've got something you really want to get off your chest, maybe we should just get out of here. Uh,
1: Let's get out of here. Last question for you. Uh, KK Limbasut is in 10th place at the Rocket Mortgage. Who is that?
0: That's KK Limbasut. He is... so first off, he won on, did he win on the corn fairy? He was one of those outlaw guys. Then he got, I believe, corn fairy status. We had him on the first cut, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, yes. And so I, I actually know KK. I was texting him a, a bit uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, very nice guy. He, when he was on the first cut and I had him on 300 yards to unknown, cause we did like a split thing. He was, I remember it was, That's awesome. Um, he was so nervous. It was the first media he'd ever done. And it was like he was nervous to come on a podcast. But no, he's a he's a very talented golfer. I think he's got corn fairy status. He Monday qualified in, I believe, this week. And yeah, he's playing great. Yeah, he's. I love the kid. He's so he's so cool. I don't know what his staying power is, but yeah, he's a good guy.
1: Um, good for him. No, I got nothing else, Rick. Uh, last question: Who wins the Rocket Mortgage? <sighs> um.
0: Tony Finau,
1: okay. I'm going to stick with Sahith. I went with Sahith at the beginning of the week. Pendrith wouldn't hurt my bank account either.
0: I'm sticking with Sahith. Right. If Young wins, that's fine. He was supposed to win. If right. Sahith wins, great. That's awesome. I'll be stoked for him. If Adam Scott wins, you and I move up in the one and done. If Tony right. Finau wins, cool. If Taylor Pendrith wins, amazing for my wallet. As long as like Charlie Hoffman or some other dork. Doesn't like as long as they yeah. don't win, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with all outcomes here.
1: Yeah. Get out of here, Charlie. We don't need we don't need any of that. We don't need any of that, Charlie.
0: All right, you get out of here. You're at the lake. I'm going down to the strip. I hope you have a great day. Um but yeah, I think we'll just end it. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Follow Andy on Twitter at ADP lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. We'll be back at it Tuesday to scramble it all up for the Wyndham Championship. But for now Goodbye.